This episode of Deep in the Weeds is proudly supported by Mr. Yum. Powerful mobile menus, ordering and payments. For more information, go to mryum.com. We've probably solidified um, who we want to be and how we want to operate, like in a really important way. And I think that's not really changed. Like the company's grown and yet yeah, last year we raised a lot of money and and that fueled a lot of growth, but it, it didn't really change the DNA of the business. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. A lot has changed in the last few years. The way we see things, the way we run businesses, and the importance of not only accepting change, but embracing it too. Technology has, in the past, been seen as a negative in the hospitality sector, but the importance and reliance on technology during the last two years have helped shape the future of the industry. Kim Tia is the CEO of Mr. Yum. Kim, how are you? I'm so well. How are you? I'm good. We spoke way back in 2020 when we all thought the pandemic would be this little blip. Uh, and uh, But it's been pretty life-changing. How, how much has changed for, for you and Mr. Yum? So much and um, so little at the same time. I think when we actually, I actually had an opportunity recently to look back at our first investment deck, um, presenting it to some early founders in which was March 2019 and actually the plan hasn't really changed you know so I think um yeah it's like crazy to think that two or three years ago actually three years ago now from March 19 to to 22 but um yeah like the plan on what the purpose of the technology was I think it's just been accelerated but the yeah the original intentions are still the same our team's obviously grown uh, I'm a lot I live in a lot more countries these days than I than I used to um, spend a lot more time on the plane than I um, had to back in 2019-20 um, and we've got like a lot more credibility now I would say like when we first started we were totally the underdogs no one knew um, anything about our business or, or what we were planning on doing. Um, so that's been a fun journey, learning how to learning how to build your brand and um, continue to do the right thing each time. And hopefully the word spreads and it has. So I think, yeah, lots, but also very little at the same time. It's amazing because you're, you're, the platform that you created is was ideally suited for the pandemic and yet it, it was um, created before um, this came about. How much have you seen the hospitality industry change in the last couple of years as, as um, your brand has grown? I think so much has changed. It's um, probably been a little bit forced onto the industry as opposed to um, naturally naturally happened. But now that things are largely returning to normal, it's mostly the attitudes um and what was rewarded over the last two years, I think that stuck with with the operators, um, curiosity, agility, like leaning into the problem as opposed to leaning away from challenges. I think all those behaviours were rewarded and the brands that adapted quickly and um, and got their teams to rally around the new the new world got got a lot of traction and um, a have managed to stay open and B have come out really strong. So I think it's, it's probably more a 
a mindset shift and a an, an attitude shift than necessarily um, a shift in in exactly what um, makes it makes a great hospitality experience. Um, yeah, I think it's been. I think it's been really positive because any level of any level of um, crisis or change creates a stronger business and technology is kind of going through that right now. <laughs> what have you learned about the hospitality game over the last couple of years as you've sort of evolved uh, your own brand? I'd say that teams are at the center of everything. And I, I think it's, not surprising, um, somewhat the guests, but all, but really the staff. And it's not it's not actually that different to a startup. It's not really any different to Miss Um I think while the while the labour market's been really tough in in hospitality, it's been it's been challenging in in technology too. Like everyone's fighting for the same resources, and the cost of labour, the cost of talent's going up twenty, twenty five, thirty percent year on year. Um, and the businesses that did well and are doing really well are the ones with amazing culture. They look after their staff, they retain their staff. Um, and you don't have this like rotating door of people, especially in management roles, like coming and going every six months. Um, and it's those businesses that have the opportunity to implement change and um, implement new, new ways of working. Cause they've got, um, people that believe in, in the leadership and the ownership. So, yeah, I think I've, I've learned that it's really like no different to any other business. It's like, how can you, um, how can you treat your people well? And, and how can you um, use that rallying of the, of the troops to, um, to make the business more efficient, more effective, more delightful, all of the things that, that matter, um, matter in hospitality. Mr. Yum's changed many hospitality venues, all around the world. How has Mr. Yum changed your life? Oh, just in every, in every way possible. I think, um, there's like we had, we've been in, um, startups and, and technology for, I don't know, six years before Mr. Yum with like various degrees of success, but mostly failure. And, um, it's just, it's like a rite of passage in, in technology sometimes. Like very rarely do you, make, do you meet a founder that absolutely nails it on their first go, not to say that we have, but we learned a lot from the businesses that hadn't worked in the past. And we feel like Mr. Yum's been the first, um, the first successful um, startup that's actually started to really change an industry and become the category leader, like the, the way that, the way that we think about um, the way that technology works is you've got to be, you've got to be the best in the category and you've got to have the best product and the best team. Otherwise second and third and fourth are pretty challenging places to be. Uh, so this is definitely the, the first kind of category leading um, business and product that we've, we've got. And we're very honest and, and transparent about that. And it just takes time. So I think as, as, um, as founders and as a team, we've had, we've had actually a few team members that have, been on the journey with us for five, six, seven years, like longer than Mr. Yum's existed. And we've worked with them from one startup to another and kind of carried like the four, the three out of three out of the four founders. This is our third business together. And we've been working together for seven years. So um, even though Mr. Yum's a, a new, um, a newish, you know, three and a half year old business, it's been yeah a long time in the making. So yeah, I couldn't be I couldn't be more 
couldn't be more like humbled and 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 grateful for um for having having um having something that's helping helping an, an important industry it's been um almost two years since we we last spoke um what's give us a sense of the size of miss yum now and, and the growth that you've experienced in the last sort of one and a half to two years it's been it's been wild we started um at the start of COVID with like when, when we were first going into March, 2020, we had um, 12 people on the team and we're like 260 today, um, which is just like an, like a very big team. It gets to the point where um, you're growing, growing so rapidly. um, You've got to make a big concerted effort to, to, um, learn, learn everyone and, and make time for people. Um, we've also obviously expanded into the US and, and the UK and, um, and become a 24-7 business, which means time zones and working all day, all hours of the day. Um, but I think more than anything, we've, we've, we've probably solidified um, who we want to be and how we want to operate like in a really important way. And I think that's not really changed. Like the company's grown and yet yeah, last year we raised a lot of money and, and that I think it was like hundred, hundred Aussie in 2021. Um, and that feels a lot of growth, but it, it didn't really change the DNA of the business. Um, and it, I don't think has um, diluted our, our um, value proposition or, or our belief in, in what we're doing. So, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy ride, and we recently made an acquisition um, and uh, welcomed the my guest list and Sprout team into into the business. Everyone um, everyone in the company came across, including the founders, and um, it's been amazing. Like they have been they've taught us so much. Like. <laughs> the the irony of acquiring a business is they bring like a really different rigor to their approach to to um to sales and to serving customers and um yeah we've learned a lot from them so yeah it's been a really fun few years well tell us a bit about um not just the acquisitions but what's what's the shape of mr yum at the moment and and how different is the offering um compared to a few years ago we started the business as like this silly, cute little visual menu. So um, a lot, a lot has changed. We we always knew we would go into um, taking orders and taking payments. Um, probably a couple of things have changed. One, I would say, we have adapted our or expanded our product offering to be able to support restaurants that are a little bit more upmarket than. Um, before, so our product, the, the first product we brought out was a order and pay product. So you had to order and then pay each time, um, and that felt appropriate for a more casual environment, whether that be a pub or a bar or a cafe or a casual restaurant. Um, and now we've launched a split and pay product, which the staff continue to take the orders and. Um, Mr. Yum processes the payments and helps the restaurant split the bill between the guests. Um, Meanwhile, learning who the guests are and then being able to customize 
the experience and personalize the menu. So it's like the menu experience, which is something that is, you know, core to what we do as well as um, the payment, but leaving the middle part, which is the ordering up to the staff in a more high-end um, restaurant ex experience. That's been um, really nicely adapted. And the way that, the way that it helps the restaurant is um, you're not, you know, having to go over with a um, payment terminal and having to uh, split the bill five different ways. Um, you can let the, let the guests figure out exactly how they want to do it. They can select the items that they want to pay for. They can split it by percentage. They can put in a custom amount. Um, meanwhile, you're actually understanding who the guests are and able to still build a profile on whether they're a beer drinker, a wine drinker, a champagne drinker, etc. Yeah. Um, and then of course the acquisition was led mostly by our customers. We, after we closed our series a, um, at the end of last year, my co-founder Andre, our CTO and I were like riding and then Uber in London and kind of brainstorming, you know, what is the next like really big thing that we want to build um, from a product point of view. And the answer was like undoubtedly a marketing engine because Misty Yum helps you understand your guests and, you know, collect email addresses, et cetera, if they opt in um, and integrate it into four different CRMs already, like our adoption of CRM technology um, within our uh, customer base was already exponentially growing. And it was very clear that, that how do I better use my data to um, get customers coming back into my restaurants rather than just like hoping they show up or posting on Instagram. Like how can I control that dynamic a lot more? Like people were already starting to use it and the attach rate of signing up for Mr. Yum and then signing up for Sprout, for example, was becoming more and more um, organic in our sales. And um, we knew that we would either go out and build something or, um, or partner up with a established um, business and, and the team at, at um, my guests are proud of being like just the most um, clear uh, partners for us to, to move into um, a product discussion with and, and, a, and an acquisition discussion and they've been fantastic. You just mentioned about a brainstorming um, moment in the back of an Uber in, yeah. in London. <laughs> Your role now has you traveling like a lot all over the globe. Do you, do you have any food experiences you've had while traveling that you can share? Yeah, I was thinking um, that's a funny one. London is a like incredible food scene. My God, the, um, the variety of um, cultures just create such an amazing melting pot. We, um, lived we we stayed in Shoreditch a fair bit when we were there uh and actually at the end of last year um coming into winter we lived off Brick Lane which is a um a like a very small almost single lane car um street with so many ethnic um grocery stores and, and stores and there's this one um bagel store that <laughs> they do 24 seven um kosher like salt beef bagels um with like spicy spicy mustard and pickles and it's like exactly what you want to be eating after a big night out um 
and the lines were like longer at like you know midnight than they are at um at 7 p.m in the in the evening um and also really good breakfast food they're just open 24 7. my favorite interaction is actually going in and buying bagels for the team as we were walking into work one day and i think we ordered like 10 different versions of these bagels some without spicy mustard and some with without pickles etc etc um and the lady at the counter who was serving us just did all of the maths on like adding up all the different versions of, of what we did what we ordered in, in her head and i was like man like you are really you're really good at that um she's like i've been working here for 16 years i was like oh yeah that'll do it <laughs> um so yeah she's been yeah serving serving um probably a fair few junk customers and um and and just hungry customers in the morning um at this one bagel store in, in short i looked on their google listing they've got like eight and a half thousand reviews um so yeah have a check it out when you're there it's amazing you Missy Yum is um, now global, not just in Australia. Do you have any, do you have some favourite experiences using Mister Yum in a hospitality setting yourself? I think I um, I just love it if the get if the cast if this sorry if the staff are on board and I um, we we obviously go into Mister Yum venues all around the world and people don't necessarily know who we are and so you know, we ask them how they're finding it and just trying to understand um, whether it's something the the staff are on board with or it's something they've been told to adopt, right? Like, um, I think the the best experiences are just when they say, um, yeah, we love it and it's it's making our lives so much easier and, um, and guests really love it. Um, those are just, yeah, I think nuggets of, of gold because you the last thing we we would never be successful if it was just all about revenue and all about data and all about money like if if it wasn't actually delivering a better experience in in the stores um the staff would just they control the floor like they <laughs> they just wouldn't tell you about it or they just wouldn't direct you to using it or they um or they just come and take, you know, your orders themselves, or they just give you a paper menu, like all of the things that um, we're trying to change behavior on, but they wouldn't do it if they, if they weren't on board. So um, I think going in and chatting to staff about how they're finding um, guest adoption is, is probably our, our favorite thing, favorite thing to do. Do you have any examples of an operator or two and, and how they've used their product and changed um change what they do for the better yeah we've recently been um building data like data science based um features so we've recently brought out something called smart suggestions which um isn't essentially when you click on a say for example it's a pasta um the suggestions on what you can drink alongside the pasta so we call them cross styles or upsells um it typically in the past it was very simple in that we would get the operators to link a whole bunch of products to the pasta so the operator goes through kind of one product at like one menu item at a time to try and figure out um which wine or which beer or which pairing um a guest would typically love with that food item and now it 
is automated and the way that it works is a, a couple of things. It, it, it looks at what drink items um, have been ordered in, a, in the same cart in the past with the pasta. So it's almost like being able to match products based on previous order history um, and, then, and then automatically suggesting the white wine for a seafood linguine, for example, to a guest, because that's what most people have ordered in the past with that seafood linguine. Um, and then the next layer on top of that is not just looking at what the total carts are. It's like looking across the network at other seafood linguines and then looking at what that, yeah, it's like looking at what the individual customer pref prefers to. So if it's, if it's a customer's first time and we don't have any historical information about what their preferences are, then we suggest, you know, what the, um, what, what the broader guest profile experience is. So the whole of venue, how, how do people behave? And then the whole of network, how do people behave? But if we have information about that guest, then we can start to overlay, not just the, like generic preferences and what everyone likes to have with seafood linguine, but what that guest prefers to have with the, with the seafood linguine. So yeah, it's, it's pretty, um, it's very, it starts to, it starts to become like truly additive and, um, in value to what a staff would be able to know. Like a staff would only know what typically people would order with that dish, but they, can't remember every single person and what all their preferences are, yet alone what their preferences are outside of that restaurant and, and into the rest of the network. Um, and we've seen, we've seen from an operator point of view, um, them starting to tell guests about, um, about the personalization and about the, about the menu changes. And, and that's been really fun to watch because, um, I know it seems it seems creepy and it seems weird, but it also is it also is really I think quite. It's the same as your social media profiles. It's the same as like your Instagram looks different to mine, um, your LinkedIn looks different to mine. All of our news feeds are different to each other. Even our Google results are different to each other. So like, why does a menu have to look identical? Um, I think operators are super excited and like they never used to ask us this stuff like two years ago, you know, the conversations were very much about how do I implement the solution within my business? And now everyone's used it up out in the open. They understand how it works from a guest point of view. They're not asking those questions anymore. They're starting to go, well, what else can it do? And what, what more interesting things can we do with, um, with data that, that we weren't, we wouldn't be able to do without technology. Well, you just mentioned that sort of mind shift a little bit, but what what are the feelings around technology now? Is it is it completely accepted? Are there caveats? What what do you what's the sense that you get from the market? I think, um, of course, there are caveats. Uh, we're still personally like very romantic about you know fine dining experiences, and um, and I don't think our product or any products out there are really suitable um, inside a fine dining. Uh, experience at the moment. So I think there, there are definitely caveats and so there should be. Um, we would, I think we, we like the idea that in a higher end experience, it's differentiated to um, a more casual experience. And because the, um, the cost of each meal is so much higher, they can afford to um, have more staff on the floor and have a higher staff to, 
to customer ratio as compared to a more casual volume based um, environment. So I think there's definitely there's definitely caveats to um, to technology. I don't think it's completely accepted in every single um, use case. And I don't actually think that I think the industry um, are very curious and very forward looking in Australia. I think um, we get a very we get it, we definitely get a opportunity to talk about how technology could play a role in in the restaurants and there's always going to be early adopters and late adopters and there are still bars today that don't want to use a product like Mr. Yum. Hopefully they come around in, in time. But I think in, in every industry there's going to be people that are um, forward looking and curious and willing to give it a go and others that are um, traditional and wanting to stick to their to their um, their ways. What are the challenges you're seeing in the industry right now? I'm sure all of your guests would say that like labor is probably the biggest challenge and I know food costs is rising, et cetera. But um, yeah, I think being able to find enough staff to um, open restaurants seven days a week, if that's what they want to do has been really, um, really tough. Is that what your, is that what most of your guests would say, Huck? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not just in Australia. It's like all around the world. And, um, and I don't even know how it gets back to before. I don't think, I don't think there's any major changes that are going to happen over the next six to 12 months that will suddenly bring, um, bring the level of staff that we had in hospitality back to where, um, where it was pre pre pandemic. Um, so yeah, it's just a new norm really. It's, um, it's not even, I think it won't be a blip. I think it's actually going to become, um, the new, the new normal. Tell us a bit about, um, what Mr. Yum's up to at the moment. What are some of the changes that, um, you're implementing and the plans you have for the next year? We, um, we're definitely implementing a lot more like growth, growth engine products. So, all I mean by that is um, Mr. Yum has been a great utility product. You've, you know, you go into the, into the restaurant or a bar or a pub or a cafe and you use Mr. Yum. It serves a purpose and it, um, and it helps with a, a sequence of service. Um, but in the past, it's not been seen as something that can help you get customers back in the door. And with our, um, with our partnership with a marketing platform like, like Sprout and, and my guest list, it's, um, it's all about how do we then understand who that customer is and then be able to get, attract them back into the restaurant and control your revenue line rather than just like hoping that on a wet, on a wet weather day, you'll fill 50% of your capacity. It's like, well, what can we promote knowing that it's wet? Can we run a mulled wine campaign? Can we um, send a, send an email about, you know, how, warm and cozy or a fireplace like it's just it's like how do you control your bums on seats and how do you um control your revenue line is something that we want to start to automate um and it's not about having a marketing team necessarily it's about well we have actually a lot of data on what kind of campaigns work on a on a wet weather day um and so big brands will be able to have full marketing teams that can run the right 
so, you know, social media and, and email marketing and SMS marketing campaigns, but we want to democratize that and give that to even the, the, um, the owner operator that's never used a platform like this before, or maybe they've run like father's day campaigns on MailChimp and that's about it. Um, and we've got so much info about like what works when it's cold and, and rainy and, um, and how can we help our customers use that information to, to automate that marketing. Um, so that's kind of the next iteration. It's a lot of work. It's not, it's not nowhere near, close to that today um but what we do have with the acquisition is um a partner that's got all the information on on historical um use cases and and success what surprised you about the mr yum journey so far i think i've been surprised at um at how at how resilient our team have been and how um how actually like people think that COVID was a huge um was a huge success for us but it was really hard at the start we had 12 people and like six seven months of runway as in capital um in the bank and all the rhetoric and all the wording in the industry was like you know worst case this could be six months and we lost all our revenue in the same way that all the re- when the, all the restaurants closed and I think the resilience of the team has just been like super surprising. And then the second part's probably that um, I've loved watching Australia put itself on the map from a tech startup point of view and Canva and Atlassian and Afterpay and these amazing businesses have truly paved the way. When we were out raising capital in August last year, every time we jumped on a call with like a, venture firm in San Francisco or a, an investor in London, um, they, if they hadn't invested in an Aussie startup, they wanted to, um, they, the tune has changed. They're like, what's going on in Australia? We're so fascinated. It feels like the adoption of new technologies, super, um, welcomed in Australia, like customers, like consumers are, um, some of the first to adopt in Australia. We've always been really good at, at trying new technology and it feels like the right place for a startup to be born. Um, and funding's flowing into the Aussie market in a way in 2021 that like we've never seen before. And I think that's just been really fun, like being part of the next ever, next wave of Aussie startups um, that are creating jobs in this market that have head, head offices here that um, mean that, you know, young, young people like graduates. I remember when I was graduating, I didn't have, I didn't even know you could go and like join a startup. Like that wasn't, you work through the graduate like recruitment fairs and it's all like big banks and big accounting firms, etc. It's not like come and join this, you know, 20 person team and, and have the most generalist role and learn, a, like learn a, a, a range of different skills in your first year in a, in a company. Um, and we're now seeing, programs that are being run for university students and the preference around coming and joining a startup as opposed to going to a big company. It's just been incredible. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's two things, obviously, like we love what we're doing in the hospitality industry. Um, We also really love being part of the Australian tech ecosystem and, um, and putting, and and with, along with, you know, many other um, great companies putting ourselves 
on the map and making Australia a destination for um, for, for future capital. Well, Kim, congratulations on what you've built and look forward to seeing what the future holds. We've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds today to, to catch up with you. Please keep in touch and uh, we'll have to catch up again soon. Thanks, Alex. See ya. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>